Welcome to Bedtime History. Hello, this is Breck. Guess what, parents? Bedtime History is now available on Story Button. Story Button is the easiest way to listen to our show without using screen devices like your phone or a tablet. Story Button is like a radio that's built for easy listening to your favorite kids' podcasts like ours. And the best part is there's no subscriptions or fees to access the content. This week, save $10 and get free shipping when you go to storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. That's storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. We'd like to give a shout out to our newest donors, Gabby in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was her birthday this last week, so happy birthday, Gabby. And one of our Apple Premium subscribers, Riley in White Plains, New York. Thanks for donating to the podcast. If you'd like to donate to Bedtime History, go to bedtimehistorystories.com and click on Donate in the menu or subscribe via Apple. That's for $4.99 a month for a catalog of ad-free episodes. And you get a shout out. As many of you may know, this last week, March 17th, was St. Patrick's Day here in the United States. People wear lots of green, everything from fuzzy sweaters and party hats to shamrock pins and leprechaun ties. We eat steaming plates of corned beef and cabbage, attend local parades, and pinch people who forget to wear green. It's a day of revelry and fun, just like the Irish. Famous for their funny stories, tall tales, and sparkling wit. In a prior episode, we talked about the history of St. Patrick's Day. Today, let's explore some other fascinating Irish facts. Can you think of things that are made by the Irish or interesting Irish customs? Well, I found a few, and they range from spuds to harps to rocks, so let's get started. First, there are potatoes. To me, when I eat a potato, I automatically think of Ireland and one of their most well-known crops— But did you know that Ireland was not the original home of potatoes? They were actually brought to Ireland by the British explorer Sir Walter Raleigh, who planted them on his Irish estate in 1589. They grew so well in Ireland, much better than other crops like wheat and oats, that soon everyone was planting potatoes. This went well for hundreds of years until 1845, when a terrible disease hit Ireland's potato crop and went on for seven years. You might think, well, how can a crop of potatoes be so bad? Couldn't they eat something else? Unfortunately, potatoes were the main source of food for many people. The only food they had, in fact. Many people were so poor, they could not afford to raise chickens, sheep, pigs, or cows for meat, butter, and milk. Most worked on land that wasn't theirs, the land that was owned by British aristocrats. When the famine hit, the Irish couldn't work the land and had no money or food. Many people died during this potato famine, and many fled to U.S. and Britain. This was a terrible time in Irish history, so today when I see a potato, I'm very thankful for its nutrition and its addition to my plate. Today you can see the descendants of those Irish immigrants who fled the potato famine, plus many more celebrating St. Patrick's Day in cities like Boston, New York, Pennsylvania, and more. They hold parades complete with marching bands, leprechaun balloons, shamrock flags, and bagpipers. They feast on corned beef and cabbage, which includes those wonderful potatoes. And as an added bit of history, corned beef and cabbage isn't truly an Irish dish. 
the Irish liked to use bacon and cabbage, but those first immigrants couldn't afford bacon, so they used corned beef instead. And speaking of celebrations, Irish dancing has become very popular throughout the world in the last several decades. The upbeat jigs played on Irish fiddles, along with the high-kicking, stomping, jumping, and overall festive air have made this a crowd favorite all across the globe. These dance shows have also given rise to famous groups of Irish singers, including Celtic women and Celtic thunder. Their lilting songs, rich with Irish stories and history, are truly wonderful to hear. And when we talk about music, we must mention the Celtic harp, a triangular-shaped wooden instrument with wire strings, which makes an incredibly soothing, rippling sound. It makes me think of angels playing heavenly music on soft, puffy clouds. These harps are featured on everything from Irish coins and coats of arms to flags and souvenirs. You can see these harps in England, too, on the king's coat of arms, along with unicorns, lions, and ostrich feathers. This is because Ireland was formerly ruled by Britain. And we can't forget the ancient Celtic myths, such as leprechauns. In a prior episode, we discussed leprechauns, little imp-like mythical men, who are said to be very wily, smart, and almost impossible to see or catch. They are said to be bootmakers for fairies, as well as the guardians of pots of gold at the end of rainbows. We see these little leprechauns today on everything from cereal boxes to sportswear. There's a popular cereal in the U.S. called Lucky Charms, with morsels shaped like shamrocks, rainbows, pots of gold, and unicorns. The University of Notre Dame calls their sports team the Fighting Irish, and their school mascot is a leprechaun. In Massachusetts, the Boston Celtics feature Lucky the Leprechaun on their logo. He's a little winking man with a bowler hat, bow tie, pipe, and cane twirling a basketball on one finger. I guess Lucky has given up bootmaking and is now playing basketball. The Irish people are famous for making things besides music and harps. They built the Titanic, and it was a glorious ship, a wonder of its time. It featured massive chandeliers, gleaming staircases, stained glass windows, and gorgeous staterooms. Sadly, the Titanic did not survive a run-in with a gigantic iceberg. The Titanic sunk in the chilly Atlantic Ocean on April 15, 1912, on its very first voyage. Today there are beautiful statues in Belfast and Adderghul, Ireland, honoring the Irish passengers on the Titanic. The statue there is a stunning piece of metal art. It shows men in caps and suits and women in long skirts and bonnets, carrying suitcases towards the prow of the ship. Some of them are turning and waving. Of the 14 passengers from that city, only three survived the sinking of the Titanic. What a beautiful memorial this is in honor of these brave, hopeful travelers. And if building, dancing, and singing weren't enough for the Irish, they also like to kiss, and not just people, but stones. And they do it upside down. Do you believe that? Yes, it's true. It's actually called kissing the Blarney Stone. So what does Blarney mean, and why is a stone involved? Well, Blarney means to speak flattery or nonsense, basically being very charming, but not really meaning it. Have you ever heard someone say, you're full of Blarney? They're saying, you're full of nonsense. And then there's the history of the Blarney Stone. In Ireland, there is a castle called Blarney Castle. Many centuries ago, Queen Elizabeth I, who was the ruler of England and Ireland at the time, sent one of her earls to take Blarney Castle away from its owner, the King of Munster. 
Queen Elizabeth needed castles and land to give her British people payment for fighting the Irish. But this king was a smooth talker and charmed the earl. When the queen heard that the earl hadn't yet captured the castle, she was furious, stating the earl's reports were full of Blarney. A legend then grew that if you kiss a certain stone on Blarney Castle, you will receive the gift of gab and persuasiveness, just like its former owner, the King of Munster. The thing is you have to lie on your back, hold on to the hand railings while leaning backwards, and kiss the stone upside down. Picture yourself laying on your bed and trying to kiss your bedside table or bureau upside down while leaning off the edge of the bed. I don't know who is filled with more blarney, the folks who do this or the Irish who convinced them to do it. But Winston Churchill is said to have kissed the stone in 1912 and went on to become one of the most famous British prime ministers, giving amazing speeches and helping his nation win World War II. So is it really a bunch of blarney? Finally, there are the Irish proverbs like, if you're lucky enough to be Irish, you're lucky enough. And a best friend is like a four-leaf clover, hard to find and lucky to have. Or my favorite, always remember to forget the friends that proved untrue, but never forget to remember those who have stuck by you. I've loved learning all of these little Irish facts. What about you? Have you ever heard about leprechauns and their pots of gold at the end of rainbows? What do you think of kissing a cold stone on a crusty castle? I think Ireland is full of fascinating history and folklore and would love to learn more. What about you? Why don't you ask your parents to take you to a library to find children's books about Ireland and its folklore? There's a book called Spuds and the Spider about a friendship between a spider and a leprechaun, or another book called Irish Fairy Tales and Legends. For older kids, there are stories about the Irish pirate queen, Grace O'Malley, or the voyage of the Titanic, which you can listen to on our podcast. I'd love to hear from you and learn what Irish books you've read or Irish traditions you celebrate on St. Patrick's Day. Feel free to click the link in the show notes and complete the form. We had a few people click into the link and ask us some questions and make recommendations. This is from Allison and Maya from Long Island. They asked who's playing the music at the start of the episode. Is it a ukulele? It's a guitar, and it's one of my friends that I worked with. His name was Scott, and he had some ideas for it and created it, and I thought he did an awesome job. Ryan from Atlanta, Georgia, recommended an episode about soccer in the World Cup. I think that's a great idea. He also mentioned Babe Ruth, and that he had suggested it. And yes, there is a Babe Ruth episode. It sounds like you checked that episode out, and glad you liked it. We hope you enjoyed this episode about Irish history, traditions, and folklore. Be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode.